0: They are guides, all guides, and in unexpected places, you'll meet their friendly faces and a ready hand besides. There's not much danger of finding you're a stranger for a commissioner or a ranger. They are guides, all guides. Hi, and welcome to Guides Own, the unofficial guiding podcast where we talk about everything guiding. I'm Taryn. And I'm Marissa.
1: In this episode, we are centered on New York City, and we start by learning about Troop 6,000, a first-of-its-kind Girl Scout program specially designed to serve more than 8,000 girls currently living
0: in the New York City shelter system. And we don't have to look very far to find a former Girl Scout, raised in the Bronx, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, is the youngest woman ever to be elected to Congress. When it comes to success, AOC points to the Girl Scouts and everything they taught her when she was a girl. And lastly,
1: we think tonight's campfire song, As We Trek Along, rounds out this episode perfectly since the lyrics allude to the notion of providing love and support to one another no matter what
0: life throws at us. Mm-hmm. Um, and the girls in Troop 6000 definitely know about the importance of loving and supporting each other. Um hmm So, for those who don't know, Troop 6000 was started in 2017 um, in the New York City shelter program for girls who are homeless, um, so they can also experience um, scouting. Uh, It was super important to the two main founders, Jimmy Van Brammer and... uh, Gazelle Burgess, um, that these girls have guiding or scouting, since they're in the States, um, to be, you know, something to look forward to and, um, be a bright spot in their lives. Uh, Jimmy Van Brammer, um, is the local councilman for, or in New York, um, and he was homeless himself for a few months in 1970, And when he ran into a um, Girl Scout troop working at a Thanksgiving Day dinner at a homeless shelter, he started talking to a representative and started like the very early thoughts of, you know, putting something in the city's shelter program for um, their youth. And about the same time, um, Giselle, who worked full-time had a pretty good job um she worked for the girl scouts of greater new york found herself suddenly homeless when her rental home was sold um and because she had you know kids and was a single mother she wasn't able to afford anywhere else to live and unfortunately had to move into the shelter or into a shelter with her family where they lived in a one-bedroom hotel room so it was a struggle um and pretty quickly Giselle wanted to start something for the girls in the building they were living in um to help the girls you know be a little bit more optimistic um saying that um she wanted to start the troop to help girls understand that life happens being homeless is not something to be embarrassed about it's something to push us forward and motivate us to be optimistic So, helping the girls find, you know, that silver lining. Um, And she started the group um, in a hotel restaurant community space um, in February 2017. And at the first meeting, she only had eight girls show up, three of them being her own kids. Um, So, it was a little you know, hard to take at first, but fairly quickly the troop grew to uh, 20 girls who, you know, can't wait every week for their meeting night. Like, you know, girls all around us do. No matter the background, it's, you know, a highlight of their weeks. Um, And that's, like most of what I could find about the history of Troop 6,000. Um, they don't like thinking of themselves to be all that different than regular troops. Um, it's still, you know, focused the same way any, you know, girl guide uh, unit or scout troop is. that you know, make crafts, do team building. Um, they focus on friendship. Uh, there's a quote that I read somewhere saying, one of the girls saying, um, it's nice because everyone knows the struggles that they are facing because they're homeless and they don't need to worry about the stigma like they do at school. So they have that community um, and, you know, build life skills, confidence, and resiliency. Uh, one of the biggest differences or the two biggest differences between Troop 6,000 and regular Troops is um, One being that uh, the girls or parents in Troop Six Thousand don't have to pay the unit fees. Um, Obviously, those families are concerned about very different things and don't necessarily have that money to put aside. Um, So the um, fees are covered by the um, United or Girl Scouts of Greater New York and the City of New York. Um, And they cover the $25 $25 registration fee, the $75 fee for a vest or sash, badges, pins, and workbook, and the $20 a month for their dues. And they still accept donations, so um, I didn't see if we could do it from Canada, but they do definitely accept donations from around the U.S., Uh, The other big difference is that Troop 6000 is a year-round troop. Uh, The largest reason most um, units and troops pause over the summer is to allow for camps and vacations and other summer activities. Um, Because of the situation the girls in Troop 6000 are in, they don't really have anywhere else to go. So why not continue the fun? The... Troop 6,000 had a huge boom. So it started in February, but because of the heartwarming story and success found in a New York Times article, they expanded into 14 more shelters and grew to allow 500 more girls to join by the next like September. So almost right away.
1: That's a huge number.
0: 500 yeah. more <laughs> yeah um so definitely ballooned like very quickly um but allowed girls from all over the city to be able to have you know that community with them and then they have um a program to help girls who have transitioned out of the homeless out of homelessness into a longer term home girls are allowed to stay in the troop for a short time and then they work to transition them to more traditional units yeah the goal of troop 6000 like at the end of the day is uh to give the girls a place to be themselves learn grow and be and have something consistent especially their lives can be since their lives can be so inconsistent having that you know weekly meeting where they just get to go and hang out with their friends and you know beat kids um, is like super important. Um, and from the um, Girl Scouts of Greater New York website um, they say the bottom line is that research has shown that Girl Scout alumni have a stronger sense of self, achieve higher levels of education, and are more likely to reach higher socioeconomic status every girl in five boroughs of new york of new york city deserves a chance to reach her full potential to have her eyes open to the possibilities for college and careers to make loving and supportive friends to learn from caring female mentors and to chart her own course to achieve her goals um and that's what you know the troop is all about is to give those girls that chance to you know shoot for the moon and you know all those super important goal setting things we talked about a few weeks ago
1: yeah it's a really cool troop to have come about and before we started recording i was telling taryn about how many youtube videos there are out there and they have a couple that you can see and we were talking about one where these girls from troop 6000 were um selling cookies at a like a local through a local store of some sort they were allowed to sell indoors and um this video clip showed them these girls who were about I would say they were about brownie or guide age, maybe they were guide age. And they had the, you know the cookie costumes on and they were given these they have little business cards and little flyers that they give out to people just outside of the Mm -hmm. street, outside the store. And they were just so excited to do it. And they were excited to be selling cookies. And that was something that one of the girls who was interviewed, um, who was in the troop was just said that that was something she had always seen and had always wanted to do, um, but had never been able to do it. Like she couldn't, her parents couldn't afford Girl Scouts. So when this popped up, she was really excited to be able to do it. And it was So cool to see the videos of them, you know, interacting with the public and selling these cookies. And it's like that is a huge thing to be able to do to get to, you know, be on that side of things. And finally have that chance. And same thing, too, is um, with like things like camping and events. They really emphasized Mm -hmm. in the video that these girls get the exact same opportunities that any other Girl Scout would get. They get to go to the same kinds of events. So they get to go like on hayrides. They get to go do activities in different areas of the city and get to sell their cookies. And, you know, everything's taken care of. They don't have to worry so much about it. And, you know, that's really what they need at that point um, in that situation is they already have all these other worries on their plate. Yeah. They don't need the worry of having to pay for something like that to be in their way. So, yeah, I saw yeah, It's really it nice to hear that somewhere.
0: I read out. so many articles. I saw somewhere that they um, originally. Um, the their council originally wasn't planning on doing cookies for them um just um something about like it being logistically Mm. more difficult um but because of you know the girl scout program being so girl driven and it's something that the girls wanted to do so badly they figured it out that um The council you know help them find a space and work with them you know it's a chance for them to you know learn those business skills and money handling skills that are so important to everybody um you know learning how like financial literacy um at a young age definitely helps set everyone up for success um just being you know aware and you know planning um and they do help you know decide what activities they're going to do with their cookie money just like our girls do just like any other girl scout troop does um and it gives them a lot of confidence and um yeah confidence and self-assuredness that you know they can do whatever they want and you know that goal setting and planning yeah
1: yep and they have that business sort of social skill set too that they work on through selling cookies too which is nice but yeah through everything they're just learning so much more than school offers and that's what I think Girl Scouts is all about it's about learning these things that you won't learn otherwise anywhere else and also yeah. having that supportive they, they talk about the supportiveness right it's like family it's like your sisters that's what everyone talks about right it's the sisterhood of guiding or Girl Scouting it's all about having those really close connections. Anyone you can rely on, no matter what kind of day you're having, you know that someone's going to be able to listen and and sort of just be like your shoulder to cry on or mm-hmm. laugh on whatever it is that you're going through. Which um, is really nice. I um I also came across something um, and I just quickly looked it up again, and there is also a troop six thousand in Tennessee. I Saw it like briefly the other day and I was like, oh, I didn't know there was one. And they apparently also started in August of 2017. Um, And it's the same thing. Their initiative that serves homeless girls is modeled after the similar (laughs) troop launched over in New York City. It must have been earlier in the year. So it was so successful there that they decided to try it out in another state. And they're also really successful. And that's really cool. So it's, it's a troop number that seems to be widespread and it's, you know, yeah. becoming more and more just commonplace to have that sort of support in place. I would love to see something like that happen up here in Canada, but it's, you know, financially it's a little bit harder. We don't get the same sort of money coming in mm-hmm. to help us with that kind um, of initiative. One other thing initiative.
0: Um, that I forgot about during the first part of our discussion is that a book just came out. Let me find the published date. Published May 19th, 2020, so not Mm. that long ago, um, came out about Troop 6000, called Troop 6000, the Girl Scout Troop that began in a shelter and inspired the world. Um, Written by uh, Nikita Stewart, um, who was the... Um, person who wrote the first, like, New York Times article about them and kind of, you know, launched them into, like, everyone's consciousness. Um, and it uh, talks about um, the two founders a little bit more. So Jimmy Van Brammer and Giselle Burgess. Um, and their struggles, and the struggles that they've had with the troop, um, but also, you know, the successes, and how um, the troop has become such a important place for so many girls.
1: hmm I feel like if, Any guider, any volunteer needed inspiration to keep going with girl guides and Girl Scouts through a pandemic, their probably perspective of trying to, you know, make a troop work um, with girls who are homeless. Like, that would be the most inspirational story, I think, Um, besides maybe a perspective from someone who's gone through war and still done guiding or scouting. Like, those are really the the bare bones right when you've got something else in life that's just so much more pressing and it seems like girl guides is the last thing you can think Mm -hmm. about last thing you're you're able to do but people have made it work and it's really inspiring and i'm looking forward to reading this book and getting my hands on it
0: um i think think of a co-guider of ours who would love it as well
1: (laughs) yeah i think every guider should read it I mean, I haven't Definitely. read it yet, but it sounds like it's something that every writer should read. <laughs> it just becomes like a requisite. This <laughs> and um, how the bookers. Girl Guides helped win the war. Oh, <laughs> uh, know. Yeah, that's still on my list. Um, I I think I'm going to move it up closer so that I can get to it sooner, but we'll see. My list is just endless. It's, Definitely. There's always a new book on the horizon. I'm
0: putting it on our list. So. Yeah, so, oh, perfect. (laughs) So
1: the nice thing, too, about Troop 6000 is that they've got a lot of support pretty much everywhere. You know, as soon as people heard their story, people are stepping up. And it is perfect that our She Was a Girl Guide, you know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is a supporter of Troop 6000. Nancy Reagan, Helen Hayes, Jan Davis, John Sauvage, Carrie Fisher, William's sister, Shirley Temple Black, Tammy Duckworth, Kathy Frost, Candace Bergen, Lucille Ball, Debbie Reynolds, Princess Margaret, Hillary Clinton. Did you know she was a girl guy? Busting down the door a hundred years or more. Did you know she was a girl guy? Here to let you know she was a guy you know. Did you know she was a girl guy? So, AOC was born um, in October of 1989 in Bronx, New York, as we mentioned earlier. Um, she's the daughter of a American Sergio Ocasio-Roman and a Puerto Rican Bianca Ocasio-Cortez. Um, and so growing up, she split a lot of her time between Yorktown and the Bronx, and um, And in Yorktown, she often visited some of her extended family and it was there that there and in the Bronx where she first saw firsthand the very stark contrast in opportunities simply just based on your zip code. So the fact that you lived in one area of the town over here and people were living maybe more comfortably and then all of a sudden you're like down a couple blocks and it's completely different um, simply because you live in a different zip code. There's no other reason. And, you know, opportunities were coming Mm -hmm. better to people in a better living condition. Um, So she realized that right away. And I think it stuck with her. And it's helped shape who she's become today. Um, Her mother also says that she was very politically inclined from a young age. um, And she noted Alexandria's political tendencies (laughs) when she was very young. She picked on it pretty quickly. Um, And Alexandria attended Yorktown High School, um, and one of the big notes to make while she was in high school is that she had a microbiology project that won her second place in the microbiology category at the Intel International Science and Engineering Fair. Um, So she got second place, which is a big deal because that's a big uh, science and engineering fair. Um, And because of her impressive finish, she had an asteroid named after her, which is actually still floating through space to this day, um, according to the article I read. So that's really cool. So she was, you know, impressive pretty early on. Um... She ended up attending Boston University and she graduated cum laude, which means that you're in the top 20 to 30% of your class um, with a bachelor's degree in economics and international relations, which ended up being a double major, which if you've not been through university college, um, that basically means you're almost putting in double the work. Um, sometimes it means double the workload. Um, Totally depends where you're going and how the program works. But when I went to university, I know people who were double majoring had to put in more time and work into their courses and they had an increased course load. So that was, that's always impressive when I read that. And she, you know, graduated in the top percentage of her class. So she was doing well. Um, It was at Boston University where she sort of began her political career. So while she was there, she worked in the office of a late Senator Ted Kennedy. Um, And her role itself while she was there sort of provided her a view of the heartbreak that families were enduring after being separated by the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, also known as ICE. I'm sure you've heard of it within the last few years. It's been a huge thing that's you know, divided a lot of us, um, well, a lot of the Americans, at least. Um, yeah, bad connotation, but she was seeing that firsthand um, early on. She was at Boston University before 2011. That was when she graduated from there. So, you know, 10 years, 10 plus years ago, she was seeing it already. These families being separated and it was, you know, it was heartbreaking for her. So that stuck with her. And actually... Um, led her on postgraduate into helping these people, and she did that through a role in an office um, that led her to organize Latino youth in the Bronx and across the US. Um, The role was working as an educational director with the National Hispanic Institute. Um, So she helped Americans and undocumented youth in areas of the community through leadership and um, prepared them for college, so got them ready. Um, She also helped what are called DREAMers. So DREAMers are individuals who qualify and also support the Development, Relief and Education for Alien Minors Act. Um, This was an American legislative proposal that was going to grant temporary conditional residency with the right to work to qualifying immigrants who had entered the United States as minors. so it was giving them that opportunity that, you know, they had arrived to the state mm-hmm. as a minor, didn't necessarily have the choice, right, to immigrate um, officially. Um, and this was sort of giving them all that chance this act was going to do that. Um, and it would also upon, if they uh, satisfied more qualifications later down the road, they could actually attain permanent residen- residency in the end. So that's what this act was all about. Um, from my reading, it never went through. And of course the Trump administration sort of nixed it when he was in, first got into power. So that is no longer something that is even on the table anymore, but she's working to help those people. Um, she was working to help those people. And um, when she first got started, um, sadly, when she was actually still in college in 2008, um, her father passed away. Um, it was a time of financial crisis for those who aren't aware 2008 2007 um, was a recession period um so when that happened it sort of forced her family to sell their possessions sell their westchester home and she then had to support her family by pulling extra shifts um as she worked as a waitress and a bartender at that time um, she actually only took one week off from her studies while she was in university um, and her reasoning simply was that she came from a working class background, so she really didn't yeah. have a lot of time to mourn. She had to get back to work if, you know, yeah. the rest of her family was going to get by. So that's, you know, really sad to hear, but it's the reality that she had to live, and many people do. Um, so this, you know, experience, all, this, all these experiences really deepened her commitment to helping work on the issues that were impacting working class people um, and immigrants. So then during the 2016 presidential election, eight years later, um, she started working as volunteer organizer for the Bernie Sanders campaign in South Bronx. So she, you know, worked in electoral organizing and activism, and that ended up taking her across the country and all the way to Standing Rock in South Dakota, where she stood with indigenous communities and then eventually led her back to new york's 14th congressional district um, where she actually launched her campaign for congress Um, so i'm sure if any of you have heard of aoc that is what you know her for is for her seat in congress Um, so the way she got to that actually started with her brother um gabriel who actually (laughs) helped launch her campaign by writing her application for her of course with her permission Um, There was an organization called Brand New Congress. It was a progressive organization that was recruiting candidates to run in the 2018 midterms. And so they both saw the opportunity and Gabriel wanted to apply for her on her behalf. Um, And that's what got her in. Um, She ended up carrying out a very much grassroots campaign. Um, It was people funded. It was not corporate funded. Um, And that was all despite the fact that her competitor, um, who was Joe Crowley at the time and was a 10 term congressman. So he'd been in that position for 10 terms and had also a 10 to one fundraising advantage over her. Um, So that was a big deal. So she was doing grassroots while this guy was just, you know, had 10 times the amount of money and funding she had to run his campaign. And he'd been in that position for, 10 terms so you know it seemed like it wouldn't happen it's, you know it seemed like the odds were stacked against her basically um but that did not stop her yeah and um if you have a little bit of understanding about how American politics work and I'm sure like my knowledge is very little but what I do know is that money is a big deal and when you get corporate sponsorship or funding it's or you know big big organizations funding you it's really helpful right that's basically what can get you the vote um so basically that was her opponent um and that was her first ever opponent right because this is her first time running in politics so she was challenging his seat and she was the first opponent in the democratic party to challenge his seat in 14 years so he's been you know basically a long time to be unopposed unopposed for that long you know, things just keep stacking up, right? And, for, you know, he's a man. Um, he was also known as the fourth most powerful Democratic in the House. Um, so, yeah, mm-hmm. there was quite a bit that she had to uh, knock over to get to where she wanted to be. Um, her big campaign that stood out that she had released a viral video ad that began with her simply stating that, women like me aren't supposed to run for office. So she knew this. she knew that the odds were stacked against her. She knew she wasn't the kind of girl, kind of woman, I should say, that was going to necessarily (laughs) be seen as the typical Congresswoman, right? Or the typical person running. So despite all of that, she actually very much thoroughly defeated him in the state's Democratic primary, um, which is amazing. first of all, because of all the things that were stacked against her. And second of all, yeah. it's her first time running for office anywhere ever. So. Like, wow. <laughs> um, she was also um, the first to do so as a democratic socialist of Puerto Rican descent. Um, and her triumph was a boon to the progressive hopes of her liberal supporters. So people were really you know, hopeful when she won that first one. Um, And during her victory speech after that primary win, she said that this is not an end, this is the beginning. This is the beginning because the message that we sent the world tonight is that it's not okay to put donors before your community. So, you know, she was sort of nodding towards the fact that, you know, Joe was sort of going towards the money and she was going towards the people because she knew that the people mattered more in the end. if you want to be someone who makes real change, so yeah, you know just a little bit of sass there, and that 's perfectly okay <laughs> so then, on November sixth um, later that year, it was only it was actually less than a month after her twenty ninth birthday as Andrea went on to dispatch her Republican opponent, Anthony Pappas and emerged victorious in the general election to become the youngest com- youngest congresswoman to be ever elected so that's likely when you heard her name in the news and i remember seeing her name in the news on twitter and on in the newspaper like that was that was the moment it's because she won that election um and she was sworn in by the house speaker who happened to be nancy pelosi on january 3rd of 2019 so not very long ago a year and a half
0: i can't believe that was only a year and a half ago it feels like it was so much longer it does <laughs> it's
1: this year this year's Ugh. wonky
0: yeah
1: um so yeah she very much ran on a progressive platform um she was all about abolishing ice um the criminal justice reform um as well as tuition-free college and universal health care that was what her campaign was focused on they Pretty much just laser focused on the message of economic, social, and racial dignity for working class Americans, especially those in Queens and the Bronx. And she says that we were very clear about our message, very clear about our priorities, and very clear about the fact that even if you've never voted before, we are talking to you. So she was very much out there talking to the people. And that's what she said, you know, got them so far. Um, So while she's been in Congress, she's worked on a lot of stuff. I'm sure you likely have not heard anything, well, you've heard about her pretty much ever since. You've probably never heard any silence about her. It's just been nonstop about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. That's just, she's in the news pretty much every day um, because she is standing up and fighting for what she thinks is right. So one of the first things she did was the Green New Deal, um, which happened in February of 2019. So she and a Massachusetts senator, Ed Markey, introduced a resolution outlining the scope of this Green New Deal, and it was the proposed switch to renewable energy sources for the entire country with the goal of achieving net net zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2030. Um, There were also plans for major investments in clean energy technology research and development. So she was already getting on top things and that was another thing that was important to her was the environment and green energy. So she got straight into it. Um, the, another big thing was abortion. So she, despite drawing a lot of outrage, of course, from Republican opponents, she didn't shy away from speaking about the issue. Um, and this was important to her. So she shared her strong feelings just after Alabama passed the state law in May of 2019 um that was actually effectively outlawing abortion and she tweeted about the fact that it was a horrifying law and that ultimately this is about women's power when women are in control of their sexuality it threatens a core element underpinning right-wing ideology which is patriarchy she said it's a brutal form of oppression to seize control of the one essential thing a person should command: their own body um I think pretty much, I mean, I can't speak for every girl guide or every girl scout, but I would imagine if you are in girl guides and girl guides is about empire and women and girls, you would probably pretty much be, um, pro women's choice. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that was very clear f- there for AOC. It was just something that made sense to her. Um, she was also, again, like I had mentioned previously, very Im- interested in border issues. Um, she voted against a 4.6 billion emergency dollar emergency border aid bill um, because she knew that funding was going to be used to detain migrant children and conduct deportations so she was very much against that amount of funding going towards that Um, Mm -hmm. she actually visited two of the texas border facilities in early of july 2019 and she said she she recounted about the horrific conditions that one of the facilities had that she had visited. And she actually claimed that she didn't feel safe with the border patrol agents supervising her tour. Um, So that's something to say if she didn't even feel comfortable being there. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So uh, those are big things that she was interested in and is continued, of course, being interested in. Um, She was also a supporter of Sanders and Biden. Um, So in October of 2019, she gave Sanders a boost by endorsing his 2020 presidential campaign. Um, And it was actually around that same time that she began to draw attention for her questioning off of the CEO of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg. I'm sure you've probably seen it. I have Mm -hmm. watched a little bit of it. Um, And it's all all about their social network policy of permitting political ads with misleading information. Um, There's a lot of controversy over that. Um, There's a lot of controversy over Facebook right now, too, um, with ads still to this day. It's like it's been going on for over a year now. Well, it will be by the time October comes around. Um, So she was, you know, questioning him. And if you watch some of the videos, it's really funny to see see his responses it's like he doesn't know how to respond to her questions and uh she's she's very interesting to watch when she's you know questioning people um so shortly after bernie sanders ended his campaign in april 2020 aoc called for her constituency then to rally around joe biden um as the presumptive democratic nominee um so yeah, once Bernie Sanders was out, she gave her support to Biden. And a few weeks later, a spokesperson actually confirmed that um, she would serve on a panel advising Biden on climate policy. So, again, that sort of interest in climate change and the environment is something that she's known for. Um, she, among other things, is also a supporter of the single payer or universal healthcare system lgbtq equality anti-poverty policies tuition-free public colleges and trade schools the cancellation of student debt, and voting rights and disaster relief for puerto ricans as sure you know about puerto rico and the natural disaster that happened they have been without the basic human essentials that you need for it was way too long and i think people are still suffering from that um, and the U.S. government really wasn't helping out, so uh, yeah. that was close to her, of course, because she's of Puerto Rican descent, so she has family there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's a lot that she's interested in. I um, highly recommend you just like <laughs> take a look at one of those videos where she's basically interviewing these people that are you know, coming through for different reasons. Um, Mark Zuckerberg is one of the funniest ones to watch, I think. Um, it's sad that what is happening is happening, and that Facebook isn't standing up um, and taking responsibility, but it's entertaining to watch her, you know, do what she does best. Yeah. Um, when it comes to Girl Scouts, um, when I searched her, one of the biggest things that came up was her bashing the this um, Girl Scout cookie boycott. Um, <laughs> so it was shortly after her midterm uh, win that she told Girl Scouts USA about, you know, her experience with Girl Scouts. Um, she had, you know, learned so many life skills, um, entrepreneurship, um, to baking, to survival skills. Um, and she also talked about how great the organization, organization is at encouraging confidence and curiosity um, from a very young age and pointing out actually that many women of Congress started out as Girl Scouts. Uh, can't remember the percentage. I think I've read it summer recently, but it's close to half, if not over half, of all the congresswomen are former Girl Scouts. Yeah. And if that doesn't tell you something, I don't know what will. Um, so, yep, yeah, uh, the cookie boycott um, started on International Women's Day of, <laughs> of course the it last does. year. Yeah, because what better day? Um, she was, um, AOC was actually called out by a right-wing writer who had called for this cookie boycott simply because she had just formerly been a girl scout so the writer um uh, railed against the organization's continual support of left-wing causes and its adoption of a new global agenda in the 1970s so she's like already hearkening back to decades and decades ago um but what she wrote is really interesting. Uh, it says, "Before you decide to embrace an international Women's Day celebration or buy the cookies, ask yourself: Will the country be better off with more representatives like the young socialist and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez?" Um, so yeah, there's some implications she's making there, um, which isn't too surprising coming from you know the opposite wing. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, AOC hit right back to that article on twitter and in her response she wrote boycotting cookies that teach little girls leadership skills to own the libs the liberals um and she said that she'd actually take 10 boxes of cookies in response to that article (laughs) um (laughs) thank you very much (laughs) so you know she was it was it sort of just came out of left field and or right field should i say and um you know just it sort of, I think, took everybody just at shock. Like, everyone was shocked when they read that. It's like, why her? And it was simply just because she had a connection to the organization that this person wanted everyone to boycott the cookies because she had this relationship with the organization. I just think that yeah. was ridiculous. And I had to include it because it was hilarious, I thought.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah. So I looked up how many um, Congresswomen are Girls Scout alums. Um, so this is a slightly older report. It's from 2018, um, and it says 55% of women in the 115th Congress are Girl Scout alum, and 73% of current female senators are also alum. Wow. Yeah, huge percentages. Um, yeah. If-
1: yeah that should be inspiration if anything that first of all you could you can get to that kind of position as a girl in the living in the states and i mean i think it could translate up to similar sort of countries like here in canada i'm sure in other countries around the world where you know it's a little bit more liberal or you know the rights are a little bit better in terms of women being able to take on jobs like that um Mm -hmm. should definitely be an inspiration um for anything so yeah um she's also so she's big on twitter too you can see aoc tweeting about all types of things um one of the things that she did tweet about that was maybe a little bit more on the positive side of things is that um she tweeted a message of support for the girl scout troop 6000 that we mentioned earlier um and she said that she was really proud of her constituents for in her district who helped to get the troops started um so she was really excited about that and is very supportive of them so that's a really nice tie to that topic um i also found some sort of fun facts about her there's just a couple here um first is that she actually founded a publishing startup which sought out to publish books that portrayed the Bronx in a more positive light, um, so sort of close to home, and during the COVID-19 pandemic of 2020, she actually achieved a League of Legends rank of Silver 3. Um, I'm not a gamer, so I don't really know what that means, um, but the game, if you're unaware, is a multiplayer online battle arena video game, so you're competing against other people. Um, and she... I don't know, she must have spent a lot of time on there to get up to that rank. I don't know how high that rank is, but... Neither it do surprised I. me.
0: Like, the <laughs> fact that she has enough time to, like, get any level of rank on League of Legends. Um, like, everyone knows that she's super busy in Congress. Like, she, you know, doesn't shy away from the fact at all. Um, but I just find it funny that, you know, at the end of the day or whenever, when she <laughs> finally gets to leave her office and go home. She's going home and playing computer games.
1: I think it's hilarious. I did laugh. Yeah, I can also just really easily imagine her doing it, though. Like, I think she's a pretty badass woman, if I oh, should say. Definitely.
0: definitely.
1: Um, she takes no BS. She, you know, is not going to take any of your lies, any of your... Anything you try to say that she knows is not true. She is a serious woman and she will get the job done. So, like, slightly surprised, but also not really surprised that she was able to do that <laughs> in her free no, time.
0: It's more like my bigger surprise is that's what she's choosing to do in her free yeah. time. Like, yeah. if it was me, I would be sleeping. Uh, <laughs> or, like, I don't know. I guess it's her was- version of fooling around and blowing yeah. steam.
1: I feel like I would love to hang out with her. I feel like she's the kind of girl I could get along with really easily. Um, Definitely. I know you would probably get along with her because she's also a Trekkie. Yes. Her parents let her stay up late when she was a kid to watch Star Trek Voyager. um, And she fondly recalls watching Captain Janeway lead her crew home through desperate straits while lost in the galaxy. And I bet that proved her inspiration, again, for her career. If anything, you know, she's going to pull at least New York City. I don't know about the rest of the states, but she'll help pull us, pull us all through whatever dire straits are ahead and we're suffering. I have I a have faith in her.
0: Definitely. Um, and it makes sense that, you know, her family would be Trekkies um, with some of the his. <laughs> Race relation history on Star Mm -hmm. Trek being, you know, um, a big, you know, having Yuhura in the original series being the first Black regular character, um, leading character, um, on TV and the first interracial kiss on TV happened in Star Trek. Um, Pretty progressive show. Yeah, um there has been lots of groundbreaking events happen on Star Trek. So it makes sense that, you know, coming from like any, um, background that Star Trek would be an important show for generations to, you know, show kids that they can be whoever they want. As you know, we talk about over and over again, um, if you don't see yourself in that position, you're less likely to know that, A, you can, or B, like, even try for mm-hmm. it. So.
1: I feel like that's a message that I'm getting, like, subliminally. Every time I look at articles anywhere or watch videos, it's about how if girls can see someone else doing it, they can do it. They can dream of themselves doing it. So yeah. Just, it's so true.
0: And it feels like every single um, she was a girl guide, you know, like, has that moment, like, there's someone mm-hmm. or something somewhere that, you know, lets them see them, you know, themselves in a character, be it, you know, in Star Wars, or, I don't know, in a history book or something, they, you know, Big see club, happen. yeah, um, yeah, I always love it when AOC makes it in the news. It always entertains me, um, especially because I have a background in political sci- science. Like, I'm one. <laughs> um, I'm, like, already in tune to that world um, and mm-hmm. having such a spark plug person out there to, you know, be that much. Yeah, it's more exciting. Yeah i'm excited
1: to see what's next to come from her Mm -hmm. it's gonna be good yeah
0: i have a feeling we're going to be hearing her name in the news for a long long time yeah Um, yeah and if you don't have anything else about um aoc we can go along to our lovely campfire this week as we truck along as
1: we trek along together, as we trek
0: along Shall we sing a song together? Shall we sing a song? Love, life, laughter and sorrow, who knows what comes tomorrow? Who knows? And who cares as we trek along? As we trek along together, as we trek along Shall we sing
1: a song together? Shall we sing a song? over, wavy weary still, our hearts will be cheery if we sing a song as we trek along. As we trek along together, as we trek
0: along, shall we sing a song together, shall we sing a song? Uh, So as we trek along, um, so short and sweet, Um, definitely a beloved campfire song. Not so much a campfire song as a hiking song um i'd always sing it you know if i was hiking or like going between activities at camps um we would sing it from time to time um and as i was looking into it i realized i don't actually know what trek means like Mm -hmm. i you know know it means like to walk or move or like go from place to place. But like, what it actually means, so I looked it up and um, it is, it means to travel or migrate slowly or with difficulty, especially to hike through rough terrain. So just a more difficult hike or walk, um, which makes sense. Um, And it's just a short, sweet tune. Not a whole lot about this one. Yeah, it's a nice... I love that uh, somehow this week
1: all our segments connected really well because Trek and talking about Star Trek and AOC and then AOC with the connection to Troop 6000 and then yeah. Troop 6000 even circles back around to as we trek along because it's all about, like we said, having that group camaraderie and being able to lean on each other and get through whatever mm-hmm. treks you're walking through, basically, because treks, like you said, are sort of the more arduous, more complicated walks in life. Or, you know, if you're going on a if you're going on a trek, you're like, you know, you need to pack a little bit more, you need to be a little bit more prepared. You're going on a trek as opposed to a walk. So that's sort of what imagery comes to mind for me. So yeah, I really like especially- that we came full circle.
0: Yeah, and especially um, one of the lines is love, life, laughter, and sorrow. Who knows what comes tomorrow? But it's like, like, yeah. you know, who knows? Who cares? Like, we're just enjoying our time. Um, mm-hmm. And then another line is though the way may be weary, our hearts will still be cheery or will be cheery. Um, so, you know, you like... You know, you can be tired, you can be having a hard time, but, like, you always have something to look forward to, like, it's that optimism that we're talking about in Troop 6000, it's, you know, this is just a little bit of a hiccup, it's, you know, a bump in the road, like, you know, let's be optimistic, let's, you know, work hard and we'll get to the end, Well, you know, something will change.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's like that that old line from the old law about a girl guide smiles through, like, all difficulties or something.
0: Something like that, yeah.
1: That's same.
0: exactly what this is. <laughs> um, the same, uh, you know, optimism that keeps us going. And, you know, mm-hmm. when you're trucking and, you know, if you're having a hard time or if it's a hard bit of train, singing a song always, like, that distraction always helps you. It makes you, you know think a little bit or you know not think so much about the rough road. Um, mm-hmm. lets you enjoy it and not necessarily need the best singing voice, but it makes it makes you <laughs> smile and you know distracts you and yeah, any exactly. distraction a tough time, you know, makes things just that much easier. Exactly. Um, I guess that brings us to the end of another episode. Um, so as always, uh, make sure you subscribe on your favorite platform Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever. Um, and wherever you're finding us, make sure you give us a five star rating and a review. Let us know that you're listening and enjoying. Yeah, and
1: you can also follow us on social media. We're at Guides Own on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and that'll keep you up to date on any of the new episodes that are come out any podcast news and some of those behind the scenes bits that everyone tends to love mm-hmm. um I'll also throw in there that if you don't feel comfortable posting publicly on social media you can also send us an email we have yeah. an email we're guides own at gmail.com um for any reason if you just want to say hi you can send us an email we'd love to hear from you
0: definitely and we always need new show topics so if you have any suggestions send them our way we're um I was looking through our list just before we started and we're starting to run a little low. So any new ideas <laughs> is always appreciated or are always appreciated. What the grammatically correct <laughs> way of saying that is? <laughs> Grammar. <laughs> yeah, minor details. Um, and as we part, we wish you, as always, good guiding. Good guiding.
1: Day, Day is done. Gone the sun From the lake From the hills From the sky All is well Safely Rest Peace is nigh